This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. It is my pleasure to be here with you on Father's Day. Hopefully you are enjoying a great Father's Day. Uh, it can be challenging for a lot of people as well. It can be a heartbreak of a day if you have lost your father, uh, if you have had a father who uh, was not... Uh, an honorable man, perhaps, or you uh, didn't get along with your father, or you've experienced some old hurts that you haven't resolved, I, I would really encourage you to take that leap, take that step. And, you know, life is about relationships. There's really nothing that is that important, not money, not houses, not cars, not clothing, not second homes, RVs, <laughs> anything like that. No, it's relationships. That's the most important thing. That's what gives us the most comfort. And anything you can do to improve your relationship, even if you have to take that step forward, I would advise that you do that. Now, earlier in the, well, in the first half of the program, I did ask you, invite you to email me uh, for your best father's advice. And I have another email from John and he said, his father always said, be yourself. Everyone else is taken. I love that advice. That's fantastic. Um, I also uh, wanted to commend Alberta being the third province now to offer a third option on both driver's license, ID cards and birth certificates. Uh, now there's an option for X. So it's F, M and X on your driver's license, vital statistics, uh, records or ID cards. And this was a move by the NDP government in Alberta for equal human rights inclusion and diversity and keeping in mind the transgender community and those transitioning. And again, this relates to Father's Day. It's in terms of allowing our children to express their sexuality in a way that is true to themselves because that will lead to better, you know, good mental health. Mental health is created. It's created through a number of ways. And and being accepted by other people is certainly one way to create mental health. And so it's it's really important. So I'm very happy that the, the Albertan government has added an X option. And uh, they have responded to the concerns of the community. They are advancing equality for all Albertans, regardless, regardless of gender identity or expression. But that begins at home. You know, that begins at home. And whatever it is, whatever your children choose, as long as it is uh, safe and um, comforting and comfortable for them, you know, ultimately what everybody seeks is to be comfortable in their own skin. There's there's nothing like that. You don't want to be somebody else. You don't want to pretend that you're somebody else. You don't want to be a fake. That's why I love that email. Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. We're all individual. We are all, you know, we're created equally, yet uh, there's nobody that's better than you. There's nobody that's worse than you. And, you know, there's you're always going to find somebody who's got a little bit more or is a little smarter, a little thinner, a little richer, all of that. But if you're comfortable in your own skin, that is half the battle, at least. It might be 90% of the battle. Uh, so in this half hour, we're going to be talking about uh, divorce and um, other relationship issues as well. Uh, some career advice. Uh, also trying to get pregnant. 
uh, if you're trying to get pregnant, you might want to think about something in particular, like how often you're having sex. And it's interesting who's having sex when, where, and why, and how. Sometimes I think that nobody's having sex (laughs) in their marriages because that's all I see in my clinical practice. So I have this sort of tunnel vision about, you know, and in fact, if I have a couple that comes in or even a, a patient, you know, they come by themselves, um, which is fine. You can do that. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised when, you know, I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're having sex. Oh, that's not why you're here to see me. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's something else. Um, I actually had read, I only read the first line of, of something I saw on Twitter today. And it said, I had a brunch for 30. <laughs> yes, I'm a superhero. No, <laughs> superwoman. Brunch for 30. French toast, uh, waffles. What was on the menu? French toast, waffles, all the fruit and everything. You know, and you got to have a system. You're going to have 30 people over. you got to have a system. And, and so part of the system is like, I'm getting the whipping cream, but if I actually don't get to whip it, we're going to get Cool Whip as a backup, <laughs> which is exactly what I did. And you know what? You've got to be able to be flexible. And sometimes you have to be have to be flexible in your relationships as well. So you know what? I just didn't feel like dragging out the KitchenAid thingy that's going to whip it up. And um, anyway, I'm getting to my little story. I overheard somebody say, because I said to somebody that I had read this article and it said, how do you ask, how do you ask? Convince, that was the word. How do you convince your partner <laughs> to to um, swing, I guess it was. How do you convince your partner to maybe, maybe swing or bring someone else into the relationship or whatever? And then the first line was, um, you don't convince them. And then I never got to read the rest of it. And so I had told one of my friends this. And she, then I overhear her telling someone else, Maureen was reading an article about, you know, how to convince your <laughs> your partner how to swing or whatever. And I'm like, listen, I was doing it for research, okay? It was for the show. <laughs> this is not something I was I was interested in doing. This is how rumors start, okay? But nonetheless, we'll probably address that subject next week when I get some time to read uh, that article. But I didn't have it today on Father's Day with, um, with a house full of, of people. Uh, and um, I did not have any of the waffles. I was talking with the with Andrew about this earlier, the waffles or the pancakes or anything like that, because basically I've um, been on an American food tour where uh, everything from fried clams to chicken martini, one of the best uh, foods, uh, you know, meals you can order in Chicago, um, and um, just eating my way through. So anyway, that was a nightmare. Uh, So now I'm being very strict with myself. So I had protein, 100% protein. And one of the guys said, I noticed that you only ate protein. I'm like, and I know he was jealous. The guy's in great shape. He um, is always... paddleboarding like serious paddleboarding you know he's he's going for a day anyway and so he's in great shape and i should have said do you want the egg whites as well but i didn't nonetheless sometimes you don't always share some of these things can lead to divorce or some of these things you might think might lead to divorce like you you know like if your partner is you know always wanting to go outside of the relationship or cheating on you or wanting to swing you know that that can be a, a real downer <laughs> for a lot of people especially if you've just gotten married and all of a sudden they're talking about things like that or that might frighten you or they may talk about uh, fantasies or you may have lived together and a lot oftentimes we thought that living together before marriage was a major risk factor for divorce, but um, study after study found support for this idea and, and dubbed the phenomenon 
the cohabitation effect. But this effect appears to be on the wane. It might actually be a good idea to live together prior to find out what the other person is like. Find out if there is sexual chemistry. That's so important in marriage. Don't marry anybody that you're not sexually attracted to. So many people do. You can't believe that. Um, but it's as as cohabitation has become more common the effect of the the cohabitation effect has actually disappeared so cohabitation doesn't necessarily predict divorce anymore but research has found that age does specifically the age at which a couple moves in together or gets married so the earlier a couple does this Needless to say, the greater their odds of later divorce. So if you're marrying at 20, 21, 22, that's pretty early these days. And so you might actually be at greater risk for divorce. Another, uh, and I see this, I see this in my clinical practice a lot, uh, porn. The porn use is a risk factor for divorce. But all of the risks of the research around this is plagued by that chicken and egg syndrome. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? And that means we don't know which came first. Is is the is porn a cause of relationship problems or is porn a symptom of being hap- unhappy in one's relationship? And so I know that a lot of, listen, no surprise here. It should not come as any, any surprise to any of you fathers out there or men. Um, that men watch porn, okay? They do. And I cannot believe, no judgment here, but I am very surprised at the number of men who present to my office and they they just want to talk about how much porn they view and they are afraid that they are porn addicts, that they're addicted to it. Um, but, But oftentimes, more often than not, it is a symptom of the problems within the relationship, and it is typically uh, the result of a sexless marriage. Porn can hurt relationships in some cases, such as when a person is using it compulsively. That can be a man or a woman. Um, But there's also some evidence to support that porn can actually be good for relationships, especially when couples use it together, when couples view it together in order to spice things up. You know, sometimes things can get a little bit boring between the sheets and you might want to just add a little fun um, through the boob tube. Also, but the most important thing um, about this research that I have done recently is that study after study has found that divorces tend to run in families. In other words, children whose parents divorced have a much higher risk of getting divorced as adults. And there may be a genetic reason for this. And that is in light of data showing that people's odds of divorce are only related to the divorce histories of their biological relatives, not their adoptive relatives. So those who were... uh, who were children of adopted, the children who were adopted and there was divorce, they didn't see the rise in divorce for them later on. And so there's a thought that we may be genetically predisposed to certain personality traits and that certain traits, namely high neuroticism, so emotional instability and low constraint, impulsiveness or impulsivity, increase the likelihood of divorce. So it's these characteristics. So the lesson here now, my friends, do not marry a neurotic, impulsive person. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Uh, After the news, I have a little prize to give away, so do stay tuned for that. Um, Before I forget, we were were just talking about trauma, and there's a poem that a psychiatrist that I worked with recently told me that his father taught him and that the father had um, gotten it, you know, 
from somebody else. The author is unknown, but the point of the matter is that this is a really old poem. If you add up all the years, I imagine it's like it's got to be at least 150, if not 200 years old. And so some things never change. And sometimes that's raising children. And it's, I think it's a very poignant poem, especially for men. It is intended for men. And, you know, oftentimes men don't talk about their feelings or they don't talk about uh, what is bothering them or that they might feel less than somebody else or they may not feel like they're reaching their potential or, you know, they may have this big ego and and that's not really how they feel about themselves inside. And, yeah, so I think this poem, if you take it to heart, um, it could be very beneficial. I, I've always loved it since I heard it. Um, and it goes like this. Grow, be tall, yet reconciled. To yourself, the weeping child. Love, be easy and be warm. Find the fire beyond the form. Forgive yourself, forgive. Sins long dead and learn to live. And I just think that is so poignant and it was as vital in the 1800s as it is today. It's just as important. And really, don't sweat the small stuff. Enjoy life and you know, know that you're human and we're all human and we make mistakes and we learn from our mistakes. It's the only thing that we can learn from is when you, when you fall. But recently, if you are a woman who did not get great advice from your father, <laughs> billionaire Melinda Gates has four words for you. And she gave apparently what may be the best career advice out there. And this is so true. I find this in my business all the time. Melinda Gates, Bill Gates' wife, is a billionaire, a philanthropist, a striver, and she's constantly striving for more influence. She's, she distributes aid around the globe. She's always looking at the metrics to evaluate the efficacy of her programs and with an aim to provide more impact. The Gates Foundation is a major player on the world stage when it comes to alleviating poverty and funding social initiatives. And this is in large part due to her efforts. And so when she was asked for her best career advice, she said this, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and I think that's brilliant, actually. Of course, that's Melinda Gates. <laughs> what else am I going to think? Get comfortable being uncomfortable. She didn't talk about technology or using the perfect words in meetings or having all the right connections or leaning in. This is the most critical skill you've got in order to hone, uh, to be, to hone your skills, to be massively successful. Get comfortable with discomfort. And uh, there is a TED Talk on this as well. And that was by Louvi Ajayi, who is uh, entertaining and inspiring. Um, but, you know, you, when you think about it, it's inherently uncomfortable to speak up when you have to say something that might be unpopular, unpopular with your team, unpopular with your boss, unpopular with your wife, unpopular with your children or your siblings. It's really hard to say no to a family member who's who's always asking you to borrow money from them. And when you know it's not the right thing to do, because if they're always borrowing it from you, if you're always saving them, they're not going to actually be able to help themselves. And it's also another very difficult conversation is the discussion you would have with your partner about sex. 
it's amazing how few people talk about sex between each other, what's satisfying, what's pleasing, what's pleasurable, uh, in part because women have been socialized that sex is, uh, that sexual desire is not okay uh, for them. I gave a whole talk yesterday on how important sexual desire is for women and women shouldn't be uh, slut shamed because they, um, you know, we're, we're, women are certainly not allowed to have sexual prowess and conquests uh, the way men are. But you know what? That's a, that can be a very difficult discussion with your partner if you're if you're not having the sex that you'd like to have, or you're not having enough sex, or it's 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 too boring, or it's too you know certain positions um, or whatever. It's important to. I mean, I have people who seek. You know, they reach out to me on how they can speak to their partners that they've been married to, you know, sleeping with for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. And, but this, this is so important in, in your career and in your life is get comfortable with being uncomfortable because, you know what, sometimes it's hard to speak up. Even honestly, for me, it is so hard to speak up. I know you're going to find that hard to believe <laughs> because I talk for a living, but it's, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I'm, often a little nervous about what I'm going to say. I have said the same thing over and over, you know, gently and still no change in the outcome. Um, you're, you know, of course, there's lots of money talks as well. And, and money is an issue that, I mean, I get so many people. Uh, it was great that I had that advice from my father, you know, uh, never work for free. Not that I can say I've adhered to his advice. I haven't. What woman has? We've all worked for free. But I am asked constantly uh, to work for free. And in fact, they say things like, um, well, we're going to make you, you know, well, you know, we're going to um, up your profile. I'm just like, well, I actually have a small profile. You have no profile. <laughs> How are you going to help me? Um, so there's, you know, lots of things. But it's difficult to say the words. Sometimes it's helpful just to prepare those words. And the discomfort never gets easier. And Melinda Gates says that. It never actually gets easier. And you might get that pit in your stomach when you have to say something. And, uh, you know, it's just cultivate that stillness. Make an intelligent choice. Think about what you're going to say. Have your words prepared. You know, it can be very simple using the word curiosity. I'm curious about if you're going to pay me or not, <laughs> I'm curious if, um, you know, just it's easier to be prepared. Uh, and there's certainly an edge that you have to walk to reach your true potential. And it's not a comfortable one. And believe me, you want to reach your full potential because it's not easy or great living with regrets. You'll wish you said something. I'm Maureen McGrath. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath in the final strokes of the program. I'm going to be talking to you about some strokes right now. This is where the show gets fun. Uh, you know, oftentimes I am sent sex toys quite often every day. Uh, and so I've tried a number of them, every single one that has arrived on my doorstep. Uh, but you know what? Some of them are duds and others are amazing. And this is the O wand, which uh, was delivered to me recently. And uh, this is luxury personified in the erotic, intimate massage world. Never before have I tried such a magical device, I have to say. This is an impressive device as well. It's, uh, it's a streamlined personal vibrator, and it is made of medical-grade silicon. It is delicious. It is the, uh, the strokeability. Is that a word? <laughs> 
is uh, just unmatched by anything else. And believe me, I have some experience in this in this field. It's it's glamorous. It makes you feel like you have arrived, and you will arrive. It has gold detailing with which just you know just makes you feel just makes you feel pretty good knowing that you are indulging in luscious, luxurious style. And I have one here uh, in the studio to give away. And so if you would like to give me a call and have a little chat, um, I'm happy to talk to you. The number to call is one 399 9898 That's 1-877-399-9898. This is fully waterproof. We're going to take the fifth caller. This is fully waterproof. It is um, it, this seductive electric massager can be cleaned. You know I have a little of the OCD, which I've told you about on a number of occasions. And um, it can be completely cleaned for absolute satisfaction time and time again. But get this, you can actually have, it's, it's rechargeable. And so you can actually have one hour of continuous pleasure with this irresistible O-Wand. It has precise power and unquestionable discretion. It makes you feel in control of your sexuality, your sexual expression, your sexual pleasure, ladies. You will receive endless, exquisite pleasure with every single charge. It has sublimely sensual curves. I mean, this is really an exclusive device, and it has changed the sex toy world. And you know how I feel about some other sex toys. It's elegant looking. It's beautifully accentuated, as I said, with that beautiful gold embellishment. You know, gold is coming back. Like silver for a while was was in style. But now, you know, people are actually mixing gold and silver even in their house design. So this will, will fit in nicely. If you have all silver... Uh, accoutrements in your home, silver lamps, silver shower heads. Oh, did I mention it's waterproof? Anyway, <laughs> you'll bring this little gold in. It's just kind of a nice mix. And so, you know, the home interior design is largely mostly silver, brush chrome, whatever, brush nickel or chrome. And, um, but, you know, just adding little, little bits of gold. And so I would definitely recommend that you add this to your repertoire. Uh, you can certainly travel with this as well. It has an automatic power off sensor. Listen, I've gone through um, security <laughs> and all of the sex toys have fallen out. I, I have a, a hot pink suitcase that contains samples of them for when I'm giving talks. But one time they did all fall out. But the immigration officers are just and the security. They're just like, look at this and big smiles on their faces. This will bring, bring a big smile to your face. So so give us a call here. The number to call, 1-877-399-9898. Female sexuality is so important. Female pleasure is important. I am trying arduously to turn the ship around on this because women are socialized not to talk about sex, not to enjoy sex, not to say that they enjoy sex. This is a man's world. Men have uh, sexual prowess that is applauded, sexual conquest that they um, you know, they are allowed to seek. Um, but for women, it's, it's very, it's a very different world. Uh, women are, 
um, often called up for their sexual behaviors. They are judged uh, for their sexual behaviors by even by healthcare practitioners. There is some research to support that. Um, so, well, we've had a number of calls, uh, but we do have San on the line. Hello, San. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Oh, good. You're going to love this. (laughs) (laughs) I do. (laughs) Okay. That's the best way to sell it. Yes, it is. Well, I'm giving it away, not selling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so um, were you intrigued by the O-Wand? You know what? I just turned on the radio, I'm listening to you, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Interesting. It's more than interesting. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's fabulous. Okay. We we need to actually, we women, need to take back the power in our sexual relationships. We need to we need to make a big shift. And you know, it's it's interesting because in in relationships and in, in heterosexual relationships or same sex relationships, you know, women are often not allowed to express their sexuality or or, or sexual desires or you know, say they want to have sex with somebody uh, in particular. And there's all this stuff about emotional connection, like you you know, saying to guys like, "Oh, you haven't emotionally connected with me. That's why I don't want to have sex with you." No, it's actually because I'm not sexually attracted to you. That's why I don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> right? That's true. Don't That's you think? True. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and also there's this whole group out there of uh, women even who are like the destination, the, the journey is just as good as the destination. And I'm like, no way. It's like getting on a plane and he lands and you don't. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good analogy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So I think so. I'm, I'm so happy that you've called in. This is the world's most powerful rechargeable wand massager. The O wand. Okay. I mean, you. Are, do you work out? <laughs> do I work out uh, where? <laughs> uh, you know, lift weights, because you need to actually um, <laughs> be able to lift weights to lift this thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, it's. I'm telling you, it's impressive. Okay. It is sizable, inside and out. This is an external and an internal. It comes with attachments as well. You're going to have a oh. blast. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Do I review, review about it? <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, well, we'll get this uh, to you. You can uh, talk to Andrew, and um, okay. we'll get your details. Don't be afraid. <laughs> oh no! Absolutely not. At my age right now, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I, I fear nothing. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. That's the way all women should be. Fear nothing. I am Maureen McGrath, and you are listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Thanks for the call. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath, we are in the final stroke of the program. Maybe you're having the final stroke of the evening yourself. Maybe you're hoping for a stroke or two. Uh, Sexual frequency, it's a subject I talk about frequently. (laughs) And uh, one thing that will increase a woman's sexual desire is her desire to have a baby. The unfortunate part of that is that once you have, once she has the baby, the sexual desire often decreases. And that's because... Fatigue is the number one reason for low sexual desire in women. Low sexual desire can happen in men as well. And I've actually had a number of patients recently contact me through um, digital online consulting services of mine. And it is the men who have low sexual desire for the women. But not only that, I've heard from a number of women who have told me that 
they, and it's actually more hurtful for women to be rejected by the man in their life because the conventional wisdom is that all men want is sex. And that's true. No, uh, well, that's not necessarily true, but that's the, that's what the, the those are the messages that we hear uh, from television, from media, from friends, from people. And, and so it's a secret shame when a woman is in a marriage married to a man and the man does not want to have sex with her for whatever reason. It can be low, low testosterone. It can be Peroni's disease. Uh, it can be erectile dysfunction. It can be um, his own body image issues. It can be anxiety or depression. So there are a number of reasons for low sexual desire, but it's actually more devastating for a woman to be rejected by her male partner than it is for a man to be rejected by a woman. And it's actually quite hurtful and harmful to the relationship when a woman repeatedly rejects the advances of her male partner. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that that's any less, you know, that that's not um, hurtful and, 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 um, you know, uh, hard. It's difficult for um, a man, you know, to be rejected and it can lead to depression in men as well. But it's actually even worse for women because men kind of have this club that, you know, they're always complaining about the woman in their life doesn't want to have sex with them and, you know, has another excuse, has a headache. The kids are listening. The parents are there. They don't want to have sex in the, par- in the in-laws home, blah, blah. Million excuses. They want to be emotionally connected. <laughs> this is, and guys are like trying to figure out um, what is, how do I emotionally connect with you? Like they haven't got a clue because, you know, men and women are so different, but, but, they understand that there are a number of factors that affect female sexuality uh, and without realizing that sexual attraction is one of those factors that affects female sexuality and women report more boredom in the bedroom as well. But men can kind of have this camaraderie with their friends because nobody's getting it. And so it kind of, you know, misery loves company, the whole thing. But, but for women, it's like, oh my gosh, he doesn't want to have sex with me. And you know, that's all men want is sex. What's wrong with me? Is it my body? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not whatever enough. And so, it can really be devastating for a woman who is in a relationship uh, with a man who does not want to have sex with her. I had a patient and he said that uh, the woman that he is with, who he loves and he feels that she is the one, but they can only have sex in one position because she has injury to one of her legs. And so I've helped him by uh, sending him a website that um, has a lot of products that help with positioning. She has some neurological damage to her one leg and that doesn't move. And so he's in love with her, but he's afraid that it's going to, the sex is going to become boring and, and he's uh, not necessarily satisfied. And he had a father who was a cheater and cheating is often familial or genetic, whichever way you look at it, there is a, a, a gene, um, H, uh, I can't remember the, the, the gene that it is, 41N1, I believe it is. Um, anyway, that actually has been found in cheaters. So it's been isolated in cheaters. And so that's another thing. Before you marry somebody, you know, if, if their father had an affair or several affairs, they may be at risk for that as well because they learned that. Children live what they learn. And so don't be surprised when your husband is found online um, checking out other women. Uh, so th- th- there could be a clue to that, but they could also go the exact opposite way and say, I do not want to live this way. And I'm, and this is what this gentleman said to me. He said, I, I don't want to uh, be like my father. 
was. And um, the messaging that his father had given him was negative. It's a really important discussion to have with your, your children, whether you're a mother or a father. It's very important to talk about a healthy sex life and healthy sexuality and what is appropriate, especially given the, the world of porn in which we live. And, and so sometimes the expectations can be, can be quite different. But I'm, I'm really digressing from what I set out to talk about, and that was uh, trying to get pregnant. You want to consider sexual frequency. And so how often do couples have intercourse when they're trying to conceive a baby? Well, there was a recent study in the Journal of Sexual Medicine and found that the answer varies incredibly widely. Researchers from Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health interviewed 469 couples who were trying to get pregnant but were not coping with infertility. The couples answered questions about their age, ethnicity, lifestyles, and medical histories and provided information about how much they smoked, um, how much they drank alcohol, and how much they exercised. And then the couples were asked to keep daily diaries to keep track of how often they had sex. And they were followed for up to a year. So listen, these people want to have a baby, okay? So you'd think they'd want to have sex like three times a day. But the range was from zero, (laughs) okay, that's not going to happen, to 60 times a month. And the median was six six times. And the median is the the middle value um, within a list of numbers. So that's that six times. It's not the average, it's, it's the middle. And certain characteristics seem to influence the couple's sexual frequency. So the younger couples tended to have more sex than the older ones. And you would think that if you were a little older and trying to have a baby, that you'd want to have sex a whole lot more because your chances are less. Does this underscore the lack of education in this area of sexual health and reproductive health? People with a high school education or less and those of a non-white race appear to have more frequent sex than participate than participants in other categories. So, so much for higher education. <laughs> uh, think about that when you're going to go to graduate school. For men, exercise was associated with higher sexual frequency. No kidding. While having a mood disorder or anxiety was linked to low sex. And of course, that that stands to reason. But a lot of people, a lot of men with anxiety actually numb themselves through sex. So that's something to consider as well. Other issues can affect sexual frequency also, such as hormone levels and relationship happiness. The researchers did not have information on these things, these aspects of of sexual frequency, but it's important to remember that relationship happiness is critical in terms of... Um, uh, how often you're going to have sex and, you know, what time of the month it is. So uh, it's this information is helpful because it can help people who work in the fertility field to help couples to conceive a baby. And uh, so that's sexual frequency in that realm. I did want to talk today, since it's Father's Day, I did want to talk about a, a subject that I have addressed uh, in the past, um, really the importance and how the role of fathers has changed over time. And, you know, psychology had a lot to do with it. Um, You know, psychology didn't view the father's role as that important um, because historically, um, you know, in in Bible times, the power of the father as the primary authority of the family um, was never questioned. His word was, was the final word. His decisions were the ones that the family would go with. His influence dominant in all matters relating to family. He was not seen as the caretaker. That was left with the mother or the mother substitute 
substitutes if the mother did not live. But through social, economic, and technological advances of the 20th century, and with those changes came a basic change in the structure and the function of the family. Uh, And the authority of the father has decreased, and it has increasingly been seen as minor, even negligible, and his importance is defined by how well he provided for the family. And so there's other factors that uh, have contributed to the diminished role of the father, and and my message here is never diminish the role of the father. And we see that in parental alienation, especially in terms of divorce. And, you know, the father, the role of the father is critical in in his influence on the development and growth and mental health of his child is significant. The, the term parent does not necessarily mean just mother. It means father. And more and more we're seeing equality. And we've seen such a big shift in, in terms of you know fathers now going into labor and delivery rooms and being in attendance whether they want to or not. Uh, no, no boy grows up thinking, I want to go into a labor and delivery and see a vaginal birth. Um, but you know what? We're, we're perhaps putting too much pressure on at some points. And then at other times, we're diminishing the role of the father. So especially in divorce be very cognizant of the fact that it is important that your child have their father in their lives because that is considered a trauma and that will play out later on in their lifetime. It can contribute to anxiety. You, you really have to go outside of yourself if you are alienating your ex-husband or the father of your children in any way from your children. And, you know, it's, you know, you also do not want to talk poorly to your children about your ex-husband, their father. That makes them extremely uncomfortable and it's extremely unfair. And you're not helping yourself. You're actually harming yourself and you're harming your child. If your goal is to, uh, and this is, this actually goes for fathers too. If you're actually alienating or saying negative things about your ex-wife, the mother of your children, you know, that's just downright wrong. But really consider that. And especially where fathers, the influence of fathers has been, you know, up and down and, and in and out throughout the centuries. It's important to remember that fathers have a, an important role and, and fathers out there, you know, take that role seriously and do the best job that you can. And remember, it is going to be worth it. Believe you me. Well, keep the dial tuned right there because you know who's coming on next. That's Drex. Andrew, thank you so much again for a bang up technological job. You can go to my website, back to the bedroom.ca. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at back the number two, the bedroom. I had somebody comment about my Twitter field. He said, all of mine is politics. And then every now and again, yours shoots through with some hilarity about (laughs) sex, relationships, love, whatever, life as we know it. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.